You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. This morning we're going to start a, a new series titled Tools of the Trade. And uh, we, we all work in different jobs that have different equipment that we use um, that make our job possible. If you work in an office, most likely you have a computer, right? For some you love it, some you hate it, but that's what it is. You need a computer to do what you need to do. You have telephones, we have calculators. If you're a mechanic, you, you have a spanner and you have various other tools in your toolkit. If you're a, if you're a carpenter, no doubt you have a saw and a hammer and some of these other bits on the screen. <laughs> Whatever they all are. We use things like photocopiers and fax, well, we used to use fax machines. What's that? What's a fax machine? How many remember the fax machine? I thought they were amazing. But this piece of paper is showing up in somewhere else. It was amazing. And then it so quickly passed on. Anyways, I'll move on. In order for us all to do our jobs, whatever our job, there are things that we need to, there are tools that we need to use, right? There, there are all sorts of things that we need to put into practice. We need to exercise. A surgeon needs to know how to use a scalpel, right? A dentist needs to know how to use the drill, right? How many love that sound of a drill in the dentist's office? <laughs> Again, a carpenter needs to use, know how to use the tools to, of his trade, in our Christian walk, God has prepared good works for us. In Ephesians 2.10, it says this, is for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He's got good works in store for you. He's got a plan for your life. There's things that you need to kind of input and contribute. But in order for all of us to work properly, He has given us spiritual tools in His kingdom that all believers need to learn how to use. Okay? You can have, God can prepare good works for you to do, but if you don't know how to use the resources He's given you, you, you kind of, you'll just be standing there. You, you'll not be active because we need to use the resources He's given us. And in order to introduce our first topic today, I need four volunteers to help me with an experiment. Who would like to come and consume Becky, Tom, David, anyone else? Billy, come on up. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, we have four experts from the crowd that have been chosen by random selection to demonstrate something. Okay, so in these glasses, small cups, this isn't sacrilege. Although these are communion cups, this isn't communion, okay? This isn't Jesus' blood that was given for you. This is Coca-Cola. On one side, one of the sides, we've got the genuine Coca-Cola. And on the other side, we've got a Tesco brand of Coca-Cola. Okay, what I want you to do is drink from each of the cups and stand on which side you think is the real Coca-Cola and which is the imitation Coca-Cola. Okay? okay? 
Are you ready? You ready? Okay, so just... So which we take this one first? Take whichever first. You can take even one of each and just kind of sip them both. So they are testing it. Yeah. One from each side. Otherwise, it'll mess you up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Which okay, one side or the other? Which is which one do you think is the real Coca-Cola? You stand on the side that you think is the real Coca-Cola. <laughs> So either three of you have got it right, and one of you has got it wrong. Are you, are you c confident in this, your position? And are you confident in your position? Yes. Yes? There's a prize of a million pounds. Okay, so I, I, I put a, a piece of paper to tell which one was which. So on the right side was the genuine Coca-Cola. And on this side was the Tesco brands of Coca-Cola. Sorry? So, so, the prize though goes to the one who didn't get it right. So you get the million pounds, yay! All right, you guys, what, why did you think this was the real, real deal? It was stronger in taste. Taste the sugar. You could taste the sugar. Right, there was three cups of sugar in each of those little glasses, wasn't there? Exactly. <laughs> The color was darker. The color was darker. So it was strong. You said stronger. You could taste more sugar, and it was darker in color. Um, more sophisticated. Well, you know what Tesco is more sophisticated, isn't it? All right, you guys can sit down. Thank you. Now. This test only really works well if you've actually had Coca-Cola before, right? If I had done the same experiment in a place that never, no one had ever had Coca-Cola, how would you know the difference? You would have no, you'd have no frame of reference, right? Well, what is the real one? I don't know. Things like color, smell. Now, obviously, Coca-Cola doesn't have much smell. Taste the sweetness, the, the, the ingredients, the aftertaste. It's difficult, I think, to tell the difference between two things that are very similar, right? Two types of Coca-Cola versus, say, if I had a glass of water in Coca-Cola, and I said, which is the difference? You say, well, obviously, water is the clear one that tastes nice, and the other one is the Coca-Cola. But when issues are not so black and white, and there, there are various shades of gray, it's more challenging for us to discover the counterfeit in it. Now, in our Christian life, there are some things that we face in life that are very black and white. We can think this is, this is obvious. But there are also questions in life that we face in moments that isn't always clear what the answer is. Is this of God what is happening? Is this God's voice? Is this His will? These kind of challenges that we face can alter our lives one degree or another. As an example, if you have one percentage of error in your understanding, if you go one percent off 
and you are veering 1% off the target, over time, that 1% becomes further and further away from the truth. All of us, we have, uh, we, we have this compass in our lives that calls us to, to follow after God, go His way, but we also have someone in our lives that wants to lead us astray. We have what the Bible calls Satan, who in, in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. And so if you've got light and you've got an angel of light, or pretending, masquerading, what does masquerade? You put on a mask. You're pretending to be something you're not. Well, then that's a little bit tricky. It's like Tesco putting out Coke, saying that's just like the real thing. Masquerading as the real thing. But it's not. Satan comes as this father of lies who kind of comes and pretends to be something he's not. But so many Christians get sidetracked or, or, or take something on board that isn't quite right. You see, it's the little things often. It's, it's, it's best from good. It's, it can be righteous from unrighteous. It can be purity from defilement. It can be truth from error. Deception, and as we see in Scripture, is a tool that the enemy uses over and over and over again. In fact, in many churches and in church history throughout time, we've seen that deception in the church leads a whole church astray. One thought, one bit of theology that isn't quite right leads a whole church awry, missing what God had intended. And there's this tool that God has given the church, which is called discernment. Discernment. Discernment is a separation from truth from error, knowing what is right and what is wrong. And again, in, in, in very black and white situations, we can say, well, this is obvious. But sometimes it's not so obvious. Sometimes we need God's help to clearly discern what is right. Not everything that comes upon our path is of God. Even, can I say, within the church. We need to discern in our spirits what is truth. What is God's will? Is this God speaking or is this just Tyler speaking because he's having a bad day? What is this? You see, sometimes I think we can, we can, um, just take on board everything, but God calls us to be discerning. In prophetic words spoken in 1 Corinthians 14, 29, it says two or three prophets should speak and others should weigh carefully what is said. There's a sense of we need to discern. Is this God? In a prophetic word that's spoken in church, do we just take it on board? It was said, thus saith the Lord, so boom, it's it. We take it on board. Or do we have to weigh these words and say, is this actually God? Just because, you know, this person who said it's a nice person doesn't necessarily mean it's from God. Just because it's on the television and it's a prophet from somewhere in the world saying something over all of humanity. Does it mean it's from God? Maybe, but maybe not. Manifestations of the spirits or spirits that are, things that are moving. In, in 1 John chapter 4, 4, 1, it says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. You see, we can be in a context that can seem like this is all above board, but actually the enemy is working behind the scenes to pull us into the wrong direction. Even when we come in contact with people, even again, people in the church, it's, it's understanding is this person moving in the spirit of God or is it moving in a different spirit? There are different kinds of spirits. 
even when it comes to truth. You see, the enemy often comes and he challenges truth, doesn't he? Eve, we see the very beginning in, in Genesis, Eve, Eve had an understanding of truth of what God's will was. But what did the enemy come? He came and he brought the truth, but then he challenged the truth. He, he perverted the truth. And so although the enemy was saying something back to Eve that was very much what God had said, but he, he, he just changed it a bit. So actually the consequences of that, that word that the enemy spoke was disaster. We see the same thing even when, Je- when Jesus was tempted by the enemy. The truth was being presented to Jesus, but it was a perverted truth. It wasn't the truth. Jesus had to exercise discernment at that moment. You see, the teaching we receive, all the things that we, we face in life, we need to have discernment. When Solomon became king over Israel, he gave God gave him one request. Wouldn't that have been a great moment? Wouldn't you love it if God were to show up in your bedroom one night and say, I'll give you anything you want. What would you like? Wouldn't that be a great request? Well, King Solomon was wise even before he had his wisdom. And in 1 Kings chapter 3, 5 says, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. And reading a little bit further down, 8 to 9, it says, Your servant is here among people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern the people to distinguish between right and wrong. For you, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? Give your servants a discerning heart. I believe this is what God wants of each of us as we work out His plans and purposes in our lives. He wants us to have, I believe, a discerning heart. There are things that we need to do, though, in order to grow in these things, to have a discerning heart. And the first thing that we, we all need is to know the real thing. And again, in this taste test that we did this, this morning, it only worked because those who, who had tasted the real Coca-Cola were able to distinguish the, 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 the pretend Coca-Cola. They, they had tasted the real thing. In John chapter 10, verses 4 to 5, it says, it says, when he who has brought out all his, his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. I want you to say never. Never. Why will they never follow strangers? In fact, it says they will run from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Do you know when you're learning to find counterfeit money, you don't learn about counterfeit money by studying counterfeit money. You learn to identify counterfeit money by studying the real thing. So when counterfeit money comes across your hands, you identify this is not what I know real money to feel like. The, 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 the look of it, the, the, the texture of it, the, how it, you know, the, the, the hologram or whatever's in it. Uh, I mean, money's being more and more complex in how they make it so it can't be counterfeit, but still they study the real thing. You and I need to know what God's word is for ourselves. We need to know what is the voice of Jesus ourselves. It is no good listening to the voice of Jesus through someone else. You and I need to have a direct connection with God's voice. My sheep will follow me because they know my voice. Here's a question. Do we know God's voice ourselves? Because discernment starts in the position of knowing the truth. 
Discernment starts in a position of knowing He who is the truth. Because everything else flows from this point. If you don't know the truth, then whenever deception comes, whenever a lie the enemy comes into our lives, how do we identify it as a lie if we don't know what the truth is? How do we identify that this isn't right when we don't know what right is? And so for you and I, we have an obligation to learn how to use this tool of discernment. But learning how to use the tool of discernment is learning the word, learning his voice, learning what his what the truth is so we can identify the faults. No one else can do this for you. I can't do it for you. Because even when you come to church Sunday morning, you need to have a discerning heart. I hope my prayer before God is that everything I preach and teach would be right. But it might not be. And at the end of the day, we each give an account for our own lives. Yes, I give an account for everything I teach and preach. The Bible says I will be held more strictly before God. However, each of us need to be trained in these things of understanding God's Word. But it doesn't just happen. It, take, it requires us to, again, take time with the Lord, to recognize Him when He's at work and when He's not at work, spending time in prayer, in worship. You know, things like being part of life groups, being part of Bible studies, places where we're going to get into God's Word and understand it for ourselves. I don't believe being a Christian is all about just following someone else. Yes, we do follow, you know, God says, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. But all the, what does it mean to following, following Paul? Paul? Following Paul meant to be looking more like Jesus, to be following Jesus. And so for each of us, we need to be following Jesus ourselves. Yes, we do that together, but we have to have our own connection with the Lord. Knowing the real thing. Do we know the voice of the Father? Do we know His Word in our hearts? It is our, the only tool we have to identify that which is false. Is to know the real thing. The second thing we've got that we can seek help from is the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 16, verses 12 to 15, says, I have much more to say to you. This is Jesus saying, speaking, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit is not just some mystical thing, but he's the spirit of truth. He's the plumb line. He's the, the spirit level. He, when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He'll only speak what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will take what is mine and make it known to you. You see, we need the Holy Spirit. We need his word. We need the word of the Lord. And we need the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives because it's the Holy Spirit that, that tweaks things in our own spirit that things are not right. You see, sometimes things can on the surface look right. But the Holy Spirit knows the intention of man, knows the heart of the person or the situation, knows everything. And it's the Holy Spirit that can twig our own spirit saying, this is not of me. It's the spirit of truth. It's, it's, the, it's the light that Suddenly we're in an environment, we're in a church service and something just strange is happening. It's the Holy Spirit that can, that can speak to our spirit saying, hey, this, this is not of me. Now I've been in services that, you know, crazy stuff is happening. And I personally feel uncomfortable. 
How many have been in those kind of services where you think, whoa, maybe this morning you're here and you're feeling that. <laughs> I've been in services where you think, wow, this is, this is nuts. And uh, my first response is to think this is not of God because I don't feel comfortable with it. Now, that's not necessarily discernment. That's saying you don't have an experience like this, so thus you don't feel comfortable. But just because you don't feel comfortable doesn't necessarily mean it's not God. That's a difference to discernment. And I remember in moments, I think probably I've seen, I shouldn't say I've seen everything now, but I've seen a lot now in my life. And there's been moments where I think this is not my custom. And yet, when I go deeper into the Spirit, or when I go deeper in God, I realize, you know what, I don't feel comfortable, but I see it's you, God. I, I sense this is you. Help me, Lord, to go deeper in you in this. Sometimes even in our worship experiences. I remember we, when we moved to Holland and the church we were part of was very charismatic and people were dancing. And, you know, I, Don and I were, I remember especially our Sunday night services were very kind of um, charismatic. And I remember everyone dancing and jumping around us. And we were kind of standing there in the middle feeling a little bit awkward you know, and yet something in our hearts was drawing us. The problem wasn't what was going on in the service. The problem actually was our own kind of, our own thought process, our own, uh, our own experiences. And so, you know, for me, it was God that helped me to get past this. So discernment was saying this isn't necessarily bad, but actually discernment said this is of you and I need to grow in it because I, I don't have, I don't have freedom in this area of my life. But the Holy Spirit leads us in these things. You see, the Spirit knows the thoughts of God. He also knows our thoughts. And He can see through all of these things. And when we press into the Spirit of God, you know, even in moments when we're at work or we're, we're in different places, you know, we can ask God to give us the wisdom in those moments, to give us the discernment. You're speaking to someone. You think, what is going on in this conversation? I need a discernment. I need, I need to understand what's going on. The Holy Spirit can lead us into truth, even in those moments, to discern what it is we're, we're confronting. What is, it, what, what is the Spirit that's coming against us? The Holy Spirit is our resource that we can use. And so we need to know the real thing. We need to know His voice. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. But we also have some tests that we can, we can put forward in, in whatever environment we're in. And the first one is, does this agree with Scripture? The fullness of scripture. And again, it can even be teaching within the church or teaching on the television. But does what is, what's happening, what's being spoken, agree with what scripture says? You see, God doesn't contradict himself. He doesn't say one thing in the scripture and suddenly a prophetic word speaks something totally different. Remember hearing a pastor who said God spoke to him to leave his wife to marry his young secretary. Okay, we all laugh thinking, well, that's clearly not God. His wife was serving the Lord with him, faithful. And yet, somewhere a lie of deception got into his heart saying, well, this is God speaking. Well, actually, does this agree with Scripture? If God, if you have a voice in your own head saying something that doesn't line up with Scripture, then we have to examine that word. 
God does not speak something that's contrary to his heart, which is clearly revealed in Scripture. We need to know this. And so we can ask this question. Does this agree? Is the prophetic word, is this voice in my heart agreeing what actually the word already says? And if it doesn't, then, then we have to, again, go back to the Lord saying, okay, I need to discern what's happening, what this word is. Is this of truth or is this false? The second test that we can put is, can we see... Or is what is happening of the experience we have, do, do we see, experience the fruit of the Spirit in it? Especially love, joy, peace, but also patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Do you know, when God is moving, His fruit is a part of it. And sometimes things happen again within the Christian circle that you think, do you know what, this is, this is not creating love. People say a lot of things in Jesus' name that are not Jesus at all. But it causes dissension or it causes hurt or it causes an, uh, uh, an uneasiness. You see, when God is moving, there's a peace about it. Isn't there? And anyone who's walked with God for a while, when God is at move, there's a peace. There's a sense of, even though it might be crazy stuff that you think, I, this, is, this is strange, but still there's a fruit of peace. It pulls us together. It demonstrates love. There's a joy in the house. I'm very cautious with prophetic words that bring condemnation. You know, that we, you walk away from it thinking, I think God's up there with a big stick just wanting to hit us. Now, is there room for correction? Yes. But it still needs to come in love. There still needs to be a sense of God affirming us and us knowing that He loves us through it. Is it in harmony with other areas that we know the Spirit is moving and leading? Again, there's only one God and one Spirit, and God is not schizophrenic. And sometimes you think, you know, we can be chasing after the latest, greatest thing all over the world. But you know what? There's only one Spirit. And when He's moving, it's Him. And He, he isn't going all over the place. He isn't confused. You know what? Can I just tell you that? God isn't confused. He doesn't have split personality disorders. When God is moving, He consistently moves. And He pulls us along. He, he calls us to be part of what He's doing. And you know, when it's God, it's God. You know, I think back in, during kind of the times of great revival, Welsh revival, what went on in Azusa Street. You know, when you look through the whole storyline, different continents, there were the fingerprints of the Holy Spirit across it all. There was a consistency of God. I think we all have to be cautious when things start, when, when, when teaching or when, when moves of the Spirit are happening that are not in consistency with everything else that we know of the Spirit. I think there's this place for discernment in our hearts to not just take everything on board. Last test I think we have is what do others of spiritual maturity discern? You know, I believe God puts us in a, a in a fellowship with other people that we can grow from one another. You know, there are people in this room who've been there, seen it, got the t-shirt, they've, they've experienced it all. You know, there's value in hearing from them. Because the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. And sometimes books come out and all sorts of teaching comes out, like this is the latest, greatest thing unearthed in the Bible as if it's never been seen before. You know, there's nothing new. God hasn't changed. He doesn't come up with a new idea. 
And sometimes it's, it's the older, it's the, the mature people in our congregation. We need to listen to, to them. They can help in, in bringing a steadiness and anchoring when, when there's a, maybe a tendency to veer to the left or to the right. Actually, what do others of spiritual maturity feel in this circumstance? Or what's being taught or what ex- we're experiencing? Or even what you're facing? You know what? If you think God is speaking something that doesn't line up with Scripture, but you really feel God is... Speak to someone of spiritual maturity to see what they think. God has given us a family that we can be part of. That we can grow from one another. Discernment is something that is for each of us. It isn't just for me as a pastor, but actually it's for you as well. That when you go to work tomorrow morning, that you will be discerning in your place of work. When you come to church, when you go to life group this week, you'll be discerning of what God is doing. In order for this to happen, He calls us to come close to Him. Again, it isn't for us. Can I just maybe preface this a bit? It isn't that we are looking for the false things. No, we're looking for the real thing. We're searching and we're studying the real thing. So when the false things come along our path, we identify them as, this isn't God. We're not moved with every wind of doctrine. But we know, we know the truth. God calls us to live by His Spirit. And in living by His Spirit, He leads us into truth. Can I encourage you to not just receive everything that comes along your path? But to apply a discerning heart to it. Because you're the one who lives out your life. And any new teaching, any new, even when it comes from the front here, can I just encourage you to take your own Bible, look at it for yourself and say, God, is this from you? I've never heard this before. Is this right? You know, don't just take it on board. Test it. God wants us to be people who are anchored in Him. The enemy is looking for whom he can devour. But he has to pull you away. I was speaking to someone recently who said, I feel the Lord's speaking to me right now. Just to just to come away with Him. Not be part of church for a while. and Just be in the Lord's presence. Well, that sounds all super spiritual, doesn't it? But the Bible clearly says, do not forsake the assembly of yourselves together. So I challenged this person. I said, however, what you're saying is not biblical. You might think it all sounds grandiose. I don't know. I just need to be with the Spirit. That's a load of rubbish. God does not call us to disconnect from the crowd, from His body, to be on our own with Him. He calls us to all the more encourage one another. Don't give up being together, but encourage and support and hold up one another. You see, that's deception. At a very, very little voice in, in her heart, she was struggling with something she was facing in her own life. And she, this is the way she felt God was leading her. Unfortunately, that was the wrong voice. That was the wrong spirit speaking. And discernment identifies those things. It says, no, that's not right. Because I know the truth. And the truth says, I don't disconnect. I mean, there's all kinds of different examples. But guys, you and I are not immune to deception. You and I need to know the truth. We need to know God. We need to know His Word. We need to know His Spirit in our hearts. And in that, you know, we will walk the path. We will not veer to the left or the right. And we will finish the task God has called us. The good works God has called you to. 
But there are tools in order that we complete the challenge or the, the task he's called us to. And one of those tools that all of us need in our toolkit is discernment. Because the enemy wants to get you off your game in whatever way he can. I hope this makes sense. I hope that in some way God is challenging you. I Maybe you haven't been reading the Bible. Do you know what? Start reading it. Join the life group. Be part of this this course on the Saturday that we're looking at Jesus. Get into the Word so you just know it. You know it. Don't just trust everything I have to say. Okay? Because next week I'm going to share such a crazy message. You'll think... (laughs) Why don't you stand with me, please? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.